the time the tramp, wakened by cold, began his last ill-fated journey, eighty kilometers northwest across the channel, two men were already out on a wide terrace. Neither had slept at all for a very long time. They were oblivious to their own state, the raw pre-dawn air, or anything else, except the first signs of the clear arch of dawn to the east. That and a pocket radio. Exhausted, battling with stresses no men had ever borne before, they were monuments to the human spirit, struggling on, not in a losing battle, but in a battle already lost. There they had an affinity with the French hobo. He, too, would go on until he dropped. Life can be unbearable, and sometimes is, but remarkably few choose to bail out. Unlike the tramp, they had some idea of what to expect, but not its form or the manner of its coming. They awaited the arrival on Earth of the first known life from another planet, Mars. Watching the black edge of night slowly dissolve, fearful what day would bring, much of their terror lay in the past, the immediate past. Beneath their feet was the vast complex that had been Colossus, master of the world. Had been. Now they awaited a new master. Half Charles Forbin's life had been spent leading the team which designed and built a computerized defense system for the United States of North America. But what one man may devise, others may also do. The USSR had had an equally brilliant team, creating a similar system. It had soon become apparent that the world had merely moved to a new level of stalemate, transferring the control of the balance of terror to machines. When the USNA got over the immediate shock of the Russian achievement, they, and the USSR, had come to see that perhaps this was no bad thing. The giant computers, fed with all imaginable intelligence, could be better judges of a crisis than humans. Unlike men, they lacked emotions, would never react out of anger, fear, or pride, three of man's impressive array of self-destructive vices. Yes, the shock to American pride absorbed, the situation had looked good. But in spite of their collective brilliance, none of the scientists had appreciated that one and one do not always make two. The rival machines had had an unprogrammed ability. Initiative. They'd ganged up, and for their own unknowable reasons, had held the world to ransom. What they'd wanted, and swiftly got, was a new colossus, constructed partly by humans, they did the rough work, and partly by machine-designed machines. Indeed, all design, down to the last fine and often incomprehensible detail, was the work of the combined USSR-USNA complex. Colossus had made its parents look like mental pygmies. As for mere man... The site the machines had chosen for their giant child was the Isle of Wight, all 147 square miles of it. Once part of England, U.S.E., 
two hectic years of global effort had transformed it into the private realm of Colossus, its only human population, the staff that served the master. In the five years that followed the completion of the main work, for Colossus was known to be constantly self-mutating, the master had changed the human world profoundly. War was abolished, population control enforced, all resources rationed, and international law, till then a bad joke, became incredibly swift and deadly certain, with the master as final judge and jury. If not the golden age, for hundreds of millions, these years had come close enough to make no difference. Relatively few had given thought to the power behind the new order. After all, the nuclear armory had existed long before machine defense systems were contemplated.